Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast. And can you believe it? This is the final episode of January. Already, we have whistled our way through the first month of 2022 and it's already picking up pace in the world of Eurovision isn't it very very exciting to see everything that's going on uh, my name's James by the way joined by the ever gorgeous Rob Lilly wow didn't expect that yeah nor did I it just sort of, sort of came out <laughs> <laughs> hello everybody what a lovely intro yeah I can't believe it as you say heading towards the end of the month heading towards February when national final season will be oh, Popping off, as I think is your favourite phrase, and that's what the kids say. Mm. Should say, by the way, we are recording this week before the allocation draw. So at the time that me and James are speaking right now, don't know who's in what semi-final, but quite frankly, who cares at this point? Because we only know three songs. Don't make a huge deal of difference, does it? Yeah, it doesn't really make a difference. We know three songs. So if you find out Portugal's going to be in semi-final one, quite frankly, what does that matter until March, the beginning of March, when we find out Portugal's song? doesn't mean anything. So it's still going to be a great episode. We've got loads to bring you. However, before we get started, I want to play you something, a little video. Oh, well, you only hear the sound, but you only need to hear the sound. Something that Rob sent to me over the weekend. And I should say, by the way, before you hear this, you will have to listen very closely. So, did you catch it? Well, if you didn't, Rob, do you want to explain what that's all about? Yeah. Now, this is all to do with a, a tweet that we put out on our social channels. I say our social channels. Put a tweet out on Twitter. That's normally where tweets live. <laughs> where We said, where is the strangest place that you've heard a Eurovision song being played? Because, as you hopefully heard from that video, I was out and about yesterday at a garden centre. It's how I like to spend my, uh, how I like to spend my free time. And I was shocked that when I reached the till, I heard them 
blaring out Denmark 2020. You heard that? Ben and Tan in a garden centre in the Midlands in the UK. It was all very unexpected. Yeah, you just don't expect it, but you love it, don't you? When you're somewhere very normal and then you hear a very familiar song and it happens to be a Eurovision song. Presumably, Rob, that is the weirdest place that you've heard a Eurovision song, albeit one of the lost songs of 2020. But it inspired a lot of you to be getting in touch with us about where you've heard uh, some Eurovision songs in some strange places. A lot of you, I wasn't expecting this, happened to hear Eurovision songs at a swimming pool. Quite a lot of you got in touch, including Daniel, who says he doesn't think this is very cool. I think it is. But every day at a hotel in Malta, during a water polo tournament, he would hear One Life play. <laughs> Certainly wasn't expecting that one. One Life from former alumni of the Eurotrip podcast, Glenn Bella, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, Malta 2011. Uh, and then quite a few of you as well brought up Italian music and Italian restaurant toilets as well. Uh, Martin got in touch and said he heard Nel Blue Dipindo di Blue in a Frankie and Benny toilet. And then Saul got in touch to say he was in an Italian restaurant in Glasgow and they were playing Rye Radio and they were playing Fire Amore. Yeah, another song from 2020. Yeah, we are going to bring you some more of these as the podcast goes on because I am so grateful. Couldn't be more grateful for all of you that have been in touch with your stories because there are some ridiculous ones that we will bring you later on in today's podcast. But as James said, we have got loads for you to look forward to on today's episode. So it's time for the Euro trip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. Hi, we are Davi Magnet, and you're listening to Eurotrip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Eurovision, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference, and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar. Come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estudal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week we are joined by Alina Nechayeva. You may remember she represented Estonia at the Eurovision Song Contest in Lisbon in 2018 with her song La Forza, finishing in the top 10 for Estonia. Well, she is back and she's hoping to represent them again in 2022. So, so good to have her on the podcast. We chat all sorts, including how the Eurovision movie on Netflix, you might remember she starred in that, she was part of the song along, well, how that inspired her to get back into the world of Eurovision. So I watched it and I thought, oh my God, this is so much fun and just so many wonderful memories came back to me and I thought, oh my God, I would be so happy actually to repeat all this. Uh, yeah, maybe that was one inspiration. Yeah, that was a bit unexpected, wasn't it? And also, you forget that she was in that film. There were so many of our favorite Eurovision stars that you just sort of get lost in which of them were in there and Alina, was one of the special stars in the Eurovision movie from a couple of years ago. But we'll have more from her a little bit later on, as well as uh, another one of this year's national finalists, Rob. Definitely one of the biggest 
reactions I've seen from a national final song this year has come from Brooke. Her song, In the Running to Represent Ireland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest, That's Rich. She was so much fun. The most likeable person I've spoken to in a very, very long time, which I don't know what it says about you, James, but anyway, <laughs> she was brilliant to talk to, so I'll be chatting to her. And speaking of national finals, with Benidorm Fest in Spain kicking off this week, I sat down with Milena Gonzalez from EurovisionSpain.com to find out everything that's going on there. You're listening on Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip. That's right. Thanks so much for joining us for a brand new episode of the Euro Trip. As I say, the last episode of January, or the last usual episode of January, because of course, if you missed it last week, We'll be back with you next Monday for the very first episode of Melfest Monday as we start to give you all the best coverage of Melody Festival. So make sure you check us out next Monday as well in the same podcast feed as this one. Melfest Monday returns next week. Very excited to be back with Melfest Monday. And I'm going to say, we're not allowed to say what it is, but surely at this point we can say there's a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just say that... As well as Melfest Monday, there's something else exciting. But that's all we'll say. There is an exciting Melfest thing involving me and James that both of us are surprised and <laughs> delighted is happening. And that is all we can say. Otherwise, we might not be allowed to do that thing. <laughs> so don't ask us what we're doing because we can't tell you. I feel like one of the artists who can't tell us about their staging. This is the power that they wield. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got Melfest Monday and then something else to tell you about. So make sure you keep uh, across the podcast and across us on social media as well, at Eurotrip Podcast, which brings us nicely into a couple more tweets about some of the weirdest places you've heard Eurovision songs, Rob. Yeah, honestly, I cannot get enough of these. They are the best. You mentioned swimming pools earlier. Uh, Jan underscore Eurofan uh, said, uh, I, I heard uh, Joy Chache by Amir in the swimming pool four years ago. I said Jai Chachet. Yeah, was... I did. I really enjoyed that pronunciation. I'm not, I wasn't going to pick you up on it, but you brought it up. Yeah, it's certainly incorrect. I'm not sure that's correct at all. Um, Davide then got back in touch and said, uh, the same thing happened to me with Gravity by Zlata Ognievich, which is fun. Uh, Lou said, I heard Soldi in a rooftop bar in Bali, Indonesia. I think Lou just said that's show off more than anything mm. else. <laughs> and then the best one that I've seen, at least, comes from Tatiana who says that they were watching a Korean drama called Reply 1988. Now, this is already very niche. Uh, the main character was listening to Hold Me Now by Johnny Logan. I assume it was a hitting career at the time. <laughs> I assume so. I don't think there's any way of finding that out unless you want to pop <laughs> onto koreanpophits.com and find the archive of the chart. But Tatiana will take your word for it. Yeah, that it was the detail in that that really made that niche, wasn't it? Just yeah. everything in that was fascinating. We'll have some more of those as well later in the podcast. And do get in touch with yours as well, if you want, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. We put the tweet out on Sunday. If you think you've heard a Eurovision song in a more niche place than that, do get in touch. Uh, speaking of getting in touch, I'm loving these segues today. I'm brilliant at them. I will say so myself. Um, we had Blind Channel on last week, as well as the Erasmus. It was a bit of a Finnish rock special on the Eurotrip last Wednesday. And we were overwhelmed with the amount of responses we got to the episode last week. So thanks for getting in touch, uh, particularly around Blind Channel doing the interview. 
in a library. Yeah, we weren't expecting that either. And so many of you were as perplexed as we were. However, um, Dr. Zoe J on Twitter said, this feels very Finnish. Is there something that we don't know about that the Finnish seem to know about why they're always in libraries? I really don't know. I don't know, maybe because we know that Finnish people love rock, obviously, like... So that makes sense. Do they also love libraries? And is this just a this is a combination of people in Finland's favourite things? If you're a Finnish listener, let us know. Do you, do you love libraries? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty great. I mean, you can get books for free. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what's not to love, I guess. Yeah, who knew Blind Channel? Love libraries. Uh, and also, appreciate this is a UK-centric reference, uh, but I'm going to read it out anyway because it made me chuckle. Uh, at Daddy Lally on Twitter got in touch and said, I hope they played bogeys. <laughs> that is a very niche reference, and I know we should explain it. No, yeah, if you don't understand that reference, good luck trying to find out what it's all about. Very fun, anyway. But thank you to everybody who listened to last week's episode with Blind Channel, and of course the Rasmus as well, and Bella Quist joined us as well. One of our best episodes ever. More of you listened to that than uh, than virtually any of our other episodes. So absolutely brilliant to have you along, and hopefully some of you have uh, have come back this week too. And if you have. Well, let me tell you, everybody, we like to keep you in touch with what's going on in the world of Eurovision right now. That's right, that very generic and potentially annoying news jingle has somehow lasted a full year. I think we used it for the first time last January, and um, maybe it gives us an air of professionalism. I think so. I, every time I hear it, uh, think that I'm an American news anchor. And that's anchor with an A, (laughs) by the way, before you start getting in touch. And of course, if you do, even if you've got a complaint about that jingle or anything else, you want to just chat about anything... Send us an email. Hello, eurotrippodcast.com. Yeah, plenty of ways to get in touch. We love it when you do. We've read out so many of your tweets there, and we love to read them, so please do get in touch. Uh, We're on Instagram as well, at eurotrippodcast. But I'm going to try, and very quickly, I say very quickly, I'll do my best to get you through the latest Eurovision news from the last seven days. We'll start with the two things impatient Eurovision fans... (laughs) Have been. <laughs> I just enjoyed that you gave yourself a run up there. You're like, we'll start with it's the best story of the day. Uh, I, should I just continue from there? Or are you going to. Yeah, yeah, go on. Okay, we'll start with the two things. <laughs> if it... Now, what I've got in my head is, this, you know, the song's like, if you're happy and you know it, clap, yeah, clap your hands. Where did that come from? I don't from? know. Oh, it's been goodness. a weird day. Do carry on. Okay. I'm just going to mute myself because otherwise I will interrupt you. Good idea. Thank you very much. We'll start with the two things impatient Eurovision fans have been waiting for for a very long time. First of all, the slogan and artwork have been announced for Turin, so you better get used to the phrase The Sound of Beauty plastered all over your Twitter feed for the next four months. Secondly, the semi-final allocation draw took place this week, with countries finding out which of the two semi-finals they'd be performing in. Right, on to national finals. Lithuania and Norway continued at the weekend with six qualifying from Lithuania's heat and another one qualifying from Norway's. Their shows both continue this coming weekend. Since last week, we now have the seven songs released from Finland and the six songs released from Ireland. More about Ireland, of course, with Rob very shortly. 
Portugal has also released the 20 entries due to compete in Festival de Canção. Those semi-finals begin at the very start of March. The finalists in both Ukraine's and North Macedonia selections have also been revealed, whereas in Slovenia, we have only been treated to the snippets of the song competing in EMA, which kicks off a week on Saturday following the conclusion of EMA Fresh. Former Eurovision artist for North Macedonia, Tiana Depkovic, has joined the Serbian selection this year after one of the artists was forced to withdraw. And finally, I bring you news about the inaugural American Song Contest. It has been pushed back, meaning the final will take place on the 9th of May this year. Date fans among you will realise that this is in the same week as Eurovision is taking place in Turin. That was very impressive because I feel like you've got through all the news in shorter time than normal. Yeah, I, honestly, I remember writing it early on thinking, oh, blimey, this is a lot of news, but condensed. Also impressive given how much I interrupted you at the start. So apologies and, <laughs> and well done. I think I saw a tweet from you about the American Song Contest. And isn't it something to do with basically you can you can just stay up and have like the longest Eurovision day ever? Yeah, so the final of the American Song Contest is on Monday night, but obviously that's Monday night in the US. So for us in the UK and across Europe, that'll, I reckon, just be sneaking into the early hours of Tuesday. So if you get up really late on Monday, you can start your day with the American Song Contest and just stay up all day long on Tuesday and get yourself excited for the first semi-final of Eurovision. What could be better than that? I know. I think I saw Zoe London, friend of the podcast. I think I saw her tweet saying, please, can somebody put on like an all day Eurovision party that like starts <laughs> in the very early hours of the morning with the American Song Contest final and ends with semi-final one of the Eurovision Song Contest? Well, I have just realised, James, that'll be the day that we're flung to Turin. So what are we going to do oh, about that? Oh, that's a bridge for us to cross in May. I've got many other things to prepare for before then. <laughs> Do you reckon British Airways will uh, let us put the American Song Contest on if we ask nicely? <laughs> I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Oh, that was very well done. Impressive. Talking of professionalism, I was impressed. Thanks very much. Uh, speaking of professionalism, uh, it's time to put my professional journalism hat on. Oh, there it goes. You can't hear a hat. I was trying to. I was going to do a noise of putting a hat on. That doesn't really. That doesn't really work, what? does it? You can see me at least, Rob. I'm trying to put my hat on. The only. The only noise that like a hat could make is I don't know <laughs> if you've got one of those. You know, like a suit of armor. You pop one of them on. Sort of clanks about. But other than that, I, I can't think of any noisy hats. Well, anyway, here we go. <sighs> that was the noise of the hat going on my head. The professional journalism hat is on my head because this week sees the return of Benidorm Fest. So I say the return, it's sort of a spin-off from an old Spanish music competition um, in Benidorm. And RTVE are using that selection show to choose their artist for Turin, their artist for Eurovision 2022. And it's safe to say that a lot of Eurovision fans are very excited for this because it seems like the quality of songs is very, very high and it's kicking off this week. So I thought to get all the lowdown, I'd chat to somebody in Spain, Milena Gonzalez from EurovisionSpain.com. And I started off by asking her what excitement levels are like in Benidorm and in Spain for the return of Benidorm Fest. Oh my God, like... 1,100%. <laughs> it must be so nice to be able to be having a national selection where there's so many great artists and there's so much excitement because in the last few years, it's been a bit different, hasn't it? So this year, tell us how it's all going to be working. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so exciting because if anyone had told this back in May, 
this will be happening, we would have not believed that. <laughs> uh, so in July, uh, it was announced that we would have a new national final and it would be like a music festival. We will have two semifinals and one final and it's this week, I'm so excited. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, these three shows, you've got so many big artists as well taking part mm -hmm. in the process. I think one of them, for me, that has stood out, and a lot of people are talking about them, Rigoberta Bandini is taking part. Do you think they're a clear favourite to win? What do you think? Maybe, especially now in the last few weeks, her song has been played all over TV. So it just became like the theme song for um, kind of, I'm not sure what it exactly is. It's kind of a reality TV uh, program. So yes, uh, especially in the, well, we will have some national jury, international jury, demoscopic jury as in San Remo and Televote. So I do believe that uh, this song coming up in these reality to be thingy uh, will impact her televote and her demoscopic theory especially. And one of the things that might help her as well is the fact in the last few days at the weekend we saw that one of the participants had to withdraw as well. Tell us what's been happening there. Uh, it's a still kind of a bit of a mystery. <laughs> There's not that much of a mystery. <laughs> So um, I guess you have heard the song. It's uh, Voy a Morir by Luna Key. The voice is modified, right? We have been told both by the TV and by the artist that they uh, would be able to use autotune when uh, they were singing in Benidorm. And apparently what they would be allowed to do it's using a auto-tune like voice modifier when they were singing live but their plan was using a software called melodyne which is for recorded uh, voice so it would be kind of a playback and of course they were not allowed to do that so they withdrew and it was kind of lots of trauma. There's a feel that they didn't really want to take part in the national final. And also, yeah, this morning they up uh, uploaded a video, a YouTube video that felt really heavily edited. Yeah, it's been a very complicated story. I've seen, yeah, like you say, it's been very dramatic, hasn't it, since the weekend when when all this kicked off. It's a shame that they're not going to be participating because I'd seen a lot of talk about the song and it had been very, very popular. However, we still have a lot of other good songs, 13 to be precise, one of which, or one of the artists I'm very excited to see return is uh, Azuka Moreno, the of course represented Spain back in 1990 and we all know what happened uh, when they were on stage. We all know the dramatic start to their staging. Nice to see them two back, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, everyone was so excited, especially uh, people who 
leave that festival, I remember my mother called me like, but Azúcar Morena is like going to the national final, like the Azúcar Morena. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. So yeah, especially like older people who saw that festival are so excited. And this week is going to be very, very exciting. Not only do we have the three shows for Benidorm Fest that people are going to be able to watch, but also it just seems like the full week is going to be a, a big party. I hear there's going to be some sort of mini Euro Club there as well. That's very exciting. Yes, that is the Euro Club ES. Uh, ES because it is organized by Eurovision Spain, which is the web where I am part of. And yeah, it will be more or less like a Eurocab. We will have our own DJs and only Eurovision music and their national finals. <laughs> oh, that is just a dream, isn't it? Honestly, a little mini Euroclub to get us in the mood for everything. That's very mm -hmm. exciting. Before I ask you to try and choose a winner, how nice is it for Spain to be doing things or taking things very seriously because like we say the results for Spain recently haven't been that good at Eurovision and maybe some of the selection processes have been a little bit all over the place. Benidorm Fest seems to be a new page, a new chapter in the book shall we say for Spain at Eurovision. Oh yeah well we changed our whole delegation so I think that was the best thing we could have done that's for sure and uh, well, Benidorm, it's uh, at this very moment, it has been signed for three years. So we will have, of course, Benidorm 22, 23 and 24. So that will give it some kind of potential to become like very big, like Melody Festival or San Rebel. Uh, it's crazy to imagine. Like, I don't think any Spanish Eurofund can uh, fathom this change in only six months. I'm at loss for words. <laughs> I can tell in the voice that you are yeah. so excited. And I'm sure by the look of my Twitter feed, everybody in Spain, all the Spanish Eurovision fans are very excited to have Benidorm Festa on this week. Milena, before you go, choose me a winner. Who is going to win Benidorm Fest and be going to Turin for Spain? I do believe that Rigoberta will, will win. Well... We've only got a few more days to find out. Milena, thank you so much for joining us. No doubt we'll speak again before Turin. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us for a chat. Thank you. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is indeed the Eurotrip podcast, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me and James every week on a Wednesday. And it is great to know that so many of you are listening. And did you know, by the way, if you're listening on Spotify, you can now leave a rating. You can leave us a, a five star rating, should you so wish, on Spotify. So if that's where you're listening, please do. James, that was news to you the other day. I know you're an Apple podcast listener yourself. I am, yeah. Every week when I'm listening to uh, to my favourite Eurovision podcast, Aussie Vision, of course, I'm always listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving them to five-star reviews. There was me thinking you were just listening back to your own voice on a Wednesday until <laughs> the podcast came out. I tell you now, if I find out that you've been throwing five-star ratings their way, I will be fuming. <laughs> Not that they don't deserve it, of course. Yeah. I should say that. It's a great podcast. But yeah, if I find out you've been doing that, I'll be livid. 
Anyway, should we get a uh, should we get another national finalist on? I think we probably should. And also, thank you as well, of course, to Milena for joining James to chat all about Benidorm Fest, which is on this week. Very very exciting. But yeah, let's talk Ireland. Been a lot of reaction on social media to their selection. Of course, we've now got all the songs for Eurosong 2022. They're going to be performed, as we know, on the Late Late Show in early February when Ireland select their entry for Turin. A lot of reaction, a lot of the positive reaction, almost exclusively for the artist who is going to join me now, which is Brooke. She, of course, was in The Voice UK, or she's got a song in the selection process called That's Rich, and it's a pop. I'm just going to say, it is a great song. So it's brilliant to have her on the podcast. And if this were to represent Ireland, I think they'd do quite well. I'll be honest with you. Brilliant to talk to her. She was very busy. She was in her car doing this, which adds to the series, which adds to the short series that I like to call Robin's Views, either Eurovision Nats or potentially Eurovision Nats in their cars. Uh, because James, uh, Brooke, not the first one. Yeah, I think that's number three, isn't it? Cece from Estonia, Esti Lowley uh, interviewed her in a car, and Tusa last March or something, he was in a car as well. Yeah, Brooke has the most impressive of all, actually. Hers, hers looked the biggest, <laughs> if, if we're comparing. But you are going to love her when you listen to this. You're going to love her attitude to Eurovision. You're going to love just her, generally. Honestly, she's so likeable. And I started the chat by asking her how she'd felt about all of the brilliant reaction since her song has been released. I was so, so, so terrified. Like, I don't access my own Twitter account because I thought it was going to go so horribly wrong. But I've downloaded Twitter happily because everyone is behind me. Like, the reaction's been absolutely amazing. I'm getting messages from all different countries, all different Eurovision song contests, um, fan pages. And they're all saying, our group chats are going crazy. Like, they love it. Like, they're here for it. And I'm obviously here for them. Now, I don't know, you've mentioned that you've, you know, you've taken back control of your Twitter account because you, you're seeing so much positive reaction. I don't know whether you've seen this tweet, which is genuinely from 10 minutes before I uh, hopped on to chat to you. And then no. Well, this sums up Irish Eurovision fans, and I love it so much. Uh, the, the the tweet is, and I just wanted to see what you think of it. Uh, Brooke is the best thing from Cookstown since sausages. Okay, that's new. I definitely haven't seen that, and um, I'm gonna have to reply to that one. <laughs> it's yeah, it took my eye, and I was like, I'm gonna have to mention it to Brooke. But you know, when we when we mentioned that we were having a chat to you today, you know, let's mention a couple of these. A question actually. So Scotty got in touch. He said, "That's rich is a certified banger." It's quite a departure from what Ireland have historically sent. He says, was the song created specifically with Eurovision in mind? And then he adds on, I hope you get the ticket for Turin, by the way. The only thing I can say is that the song wasn't originally wrote. It was written last year, last Christmas, after I went through a breakup. And I wanted it to be nostalgic in that it has 80s like contemporary elements and also it has a conversational middle eight, like naughties, that kind of era. I wanted to incorporate everything because I was reading Debbie Harry's like biography. But as soon as we seen an open invitation for people to put their songs in a Eurovision platform for Ireland, me and Ronan just bashed our heads together. Ronan's my my manager. And we're like, this is absolutely perfect. Like this is a modernized version of what Eurovision could be this year like Eurovision is so cool now like look at Monoskin look at what happened look what's happened Eurovision is so cool this song is gonna take Ireland hopefully very far because of how 
like revolutionary it is and how with the times it is so so modern now we've got another tweet here when we said that you were coming on chris said yes my absolute favorite from the irish selection and a highlight from all national finals now brooke when did you know that you were in Eurosong and how long have, have you been having to keep that a secret for? I have known that I have been in for Eurosong for about a month and a half, two months. And I mean, when I say my skin is like shivers every time I think about it, because I remember like my first most vivid mem- Eurovision memory is fairy tale, you know, I'm in love with it. I, I mean that I was, I was for him. I back him. I literally, I have what, like listened to that song from I Was No Age. And to think that that could be me is just, and like, I can't get my head around it. I've known about it for so long. I've only been able to tell my cat because he can't speak and my parents and then my management. And we've all been discussing it in, in detail. And it's just like, I have to go home and have private parties with my own song and think, what am I going to do? You, of course, are, you're from Derry. I think that's right, isn't it? You're from Derry. <laughs> And uh, Dana, also from Derry, previous Eurovision winner from Ireland. Yeah. I see. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Like Eurosong right now is my is my goal. After that, I'm going to contact Dana if I get there. If I get to that stage, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm completely manifesting it in my head. Like she's from Derry. Dana did it. I'm from Derry. Brooke can do it. Like I just need everybody to get behind me. I just I'm, I'm so I'm so jittery. I'm so excited. <laughs> So where are we at now? Because at the time we're talking, we're like over a week, couple of weeks away from from Eurosong. So are you rehearsing already? Is that what you're up to? Yes. So my choreographer is from Dublin. She's called Emer. And what we do at the minute is she, I face my phone towards the mirror. So it's not actually on me so that her hands are in the same place as my hands. So we're, we're choreographing it on Zoom and it's quite difficult. But I'm going down on Sunday for the first time to meet her. And then we're going to spend the day rehearsing with the dancers as well. So, I mean, we're going to give you guys everything. It's going to be, it's going to be it, I swear. I know you can't tell us much about it, but what can you say? You've got dancers, which is exciting. Can you say how many dancers you've got? Ooh, I'm legally bound. I wonder why (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I've got two dancers. One I completely fancy. She's amazing. (laughs) She's unbelievable. It's just I don't know it's just it but then it's weird because when I show daddy the video of them dancing he goes is that you in the pink he's like no <laughs> <laughs> it's not me look all I'm gonna say is it's very kitsch style of dancing and I didn't know what that means so if you don't know what that means google and then that's what my clue is a question that I can get around asking because of course we've been speaking to artists who can't give too much about their performance understandably yeah and the question that I seem to be able to get away with is what's going to be the main colour that people are going to see on, on stage? Because it, is it going to, and again, you might, you might decide that you can't tell me, but I was going to say, is it going to be like what we've seen from the, from the video and from the clips on social? There's a lot of purple and pinks involved in it. We're talking feathers. <sighs> okay. That's enough, bro. That's enough. We're talking, we're talking feathers. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you mentioned obviously that 
one of the reasons that yourself and your manager wanted to put this song forward for Eurovision this year is because of the change in perception of Eurovision. Is that genuinely something you have felt, especially as an artist? Because I think Eurovision fans would be really interested to hear that an artist like you wanted to enter a song like yours because Eurovision has changed from what people may think it is. Yeah, 100%. Every time now the older fashioned people from home have said to me, sure, there's no chance of you doing well. It's all political. And I turned and I said, absolutely not. You obviously haven't been here in the past few years. Like the songs that are amazing are actually the songs that are winning. And the songs that people are creating are actually going on to chart. Like I feel like my song could chart. That's how modern and contemporary it is. And I feel like that is what really, really gives my song an alternative edge is that it's not exactly traditional Eurovision, but it is going in the exact direction that Eurovision is going to like, you know, it's 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 contemporary, modern and it's appealing to everybody. And I feel like that's exactly what we need this year. You've mentioned that obviously rehearsals on Zoom currently, they're going to be in person from this weekend, which is exciting. So what is still on the list when it comes to prep? What are you up to? Give us an idea for the next next couple of weeks. Rob, I don't know what I can tell you, honestly. But, okay, so it's a really hectic schedule. Um, involves a lot of um, Involves a lot of time, energy and sleep for me because when you're tired, the first thing that goes is your voice. So I steam. I uh, We're just really sorting out costumes at this stage. I think we have them. It's just we've got so many different backups and ideas and alternatives. In terms of staging, that's all coming on Sunday. So nothing is definite yet we've put so much time hard work and energy into this because we really want to do something for our country like or for like honestly I can't describe to you how proud I would be honestly and I suppose because of lockdown being forced to walk your own streets like (laughs) that you're you just you find this newfound appreciation for where you live and for me to get the opportunity to do that for everybody would be phenomenal I know that Everything that you've said in this interview is going to be like music to the ears of not just Irish Eurovision fans, but but everybody listening who loves the Eurovision Song Contest. So, Brooke, good luck. We're so excited to see you perform in the Euro Song. And uh, yeah, let's catch up again soon. Good luck. Oh, absolutely. I hope I'm here for another interview. I hope I'm still in the running. As Rob said before the chat, how likeable is Brooke? You'll have seen her on your social media, I'm almost certain, on your Twitter, your Instagram, wherever. Uh, Being so positive, being involved with the fans, she is going to go down an absolute storm if she gets selected for Ireland, isn't she? She definitely is. And the big takeaway for me from that interview is the one word that she gave me when talking about her staging for Eurosong. The word? Feathers? What does that mean? That's exciting. That's gonna be one. That's gonna be one hell of an outfit, isn't it? Yeah, I love it when you're chatting to national finalists or people who are actually going to Eurovision, and you ask them about the staging, and they try and tell you a little bit about it, knowing fine well they're not allowed to tell you anything whatsoever. So yeah, that's a bit of a clue. We haven't got long to wait, of course. That national final uh, not taking place on a Saturday. The uh, broadcaster in Ireland, RT, have been very considerate and have popped it on a Friday instead. Friday, the fourth of February, next Friday. That is very, very considerate because, as we know, we've got a lot of national final clashes on the way once February gets started. 
But now we will take a break just shortly from all of the, I was going to say all the Eurovision excitement. It's a Eurovision podcast. Don't worry. What we're about to do is still related to Eurovision. And if you are thinking about setting off right now, don't, because uh, Alina Nechayeva, of course, is on the way very, very shortly. But James, we didn't do it last week, but we did it the week before. It is time for one of our favourite features, which is, James, your national final lyric of the week. Yeah, there is a big reason why we didn't do it last week. Uh, I think, Rob, uh, we forgot. Yeah, I thought you were going to come up with a better excuse than that, but no, we did forget. Although, if you <laughs> did see the duration of last week's episode, you'd probably be pleased we did, because otherwise you might still be listening to it. It's quite a long, old episode last week. So we're back doing it this week. I just sort of have a look through the songs in National Finals and pick out some of the cheesiest, weirdest lyrics. You know the type. We get all sorts, don't we, in National Finals for Eurovision and pick out my favourite. And Rob, a couple of weeks ago, you said you were going to gonna make a jingle. Yeah, now if this doesn't get you in the mood for this feature, nothing will. Because I will give you the intro again and then we'll play the jingle and then I want you to get straight into it. Because I think, honestly, it, it, this will be the best thing you've heard on a podcast this year, I reckon. So, James, it's time for your national final, Lyric of the Week. I can't even process what you mean, because you're talking like a washing machine. (laughs) One more time for us, please. I can't even process what you mean, because you're talking like a washing machine. That is, of course, Washing Machine by Queens of Roses in the Lithuanian selection. This is the Eurotrip. You know it by now. This is the Eurotrip podcast. And if you want to get in touch, we are on socials. We're on Twitter, on Instagram, at Eurotrip Podcast. We're on email, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. And if you want to read all of our really, really interesting exclusive stories that we bring you every single week, then you can head over to EuroTripPodcast.com. And they include stories all about why Alina Nachayeva is hoping to represent Estonia again at Eurovision this year in an interview that we bring you now. Yes, very excited to have Alina on the podcast. Uh, Cast your minds back to 2018 in Lisbon. She was representing Estonia for the first time. I say the first time because she's back in SD Lowell this year. She's hoping to do it for a second time four years later. Can you believe Lisbon four years ago already? That's pretty scary, especially for me, because that was my first Eurovision in person. So I've got fond memories of Lisbon. I remember her performing in the first semi-final very, very well. And it's great to have her on the podcast to talk all about it. Yeah, fifth she finished in that first semi-final and then eighth in the final. So one of Estonia's best ever results at the Eurovision Song Contest. And we should say, by the way, this week and next week, a little bit of an Estonian special. We've got another Estonian former Eurovision contestant joining us next week, James, in a conversation that you had, which is another one that you can look forward to. It's honestly really, really interesting. Not just not just being to Eurovision for Estonia, I should say, as a little tease for next week. Mm, yeah, that's going to get your minds whirring away, trying to figure out who that is. But let's focus on this week, Alina Nechayeva, Rob. Let's do that, because as you mentioned, she is back in Estilal this year. She is in the first semi-final, which takes place next Thursday, with her new song, Remedy. Very different to La Forza. La Forza, of course, very operatic. That was in Italian. This is a bit more poppy with some operatic vibes. Uh, It's all in English as well, this one. So a really, really interesting prospect that she might return to Eurovision 
And that is where we started the conversation. I said, Alina, what has brought you back to Estilal after four years? You know, I'm very, very excited because this time I'm not with my typical repertoire, let's say. I'm not using my typical uh, classical trained voice. It's more of a popish song. So I'm really, actually, I'm really nervous and very, very excited to share with um, uh, with the people the new things that I'm experimenting with and what I'm doing. <laughs> It's, it's very much, like you say, it's a different sound for you, but you can still very much tell it is you, which is, which is the great thing, of course, because the Eurovision thing went very well last time, didn't it? Your involvement in Estilao goes, goes further back than that. Yeah, actually, I hosted uh, 2017, uh, both semifinals, and uh, it was my first experience to host a live show like um, it was uh, translated live not you know recording where you can do something wrong and oh let's do once more no it was live it was very I was so nervous I think I've never been so nervous as I was there because it was my first time uh, and the funny way that the next year I won the same competition that I was hosting so but it was a wonderful experience and after that you know I've got uh, quite too many projects when I'm hosting. <laughs> did it prepare you do you think for, for the next year for 2018 when of course you entered a new one did it mean that you knew what to expect? Of course of course uh, I saw how everything is uh, prepared how all this process is uh, going on backstage and uh, how much uh, time and how much strength it might take so yeah it was a quite good uh, preparation you know to see all these backstage things and I don't think potentially our listeners listening from, you know, all over the world, they might not understand how big Estilal is or the, the history of the competition. You know, it's a huge thing, isn't it? The, the fact that you've won it, that you've got to host it, the fact that you're in it again, it's, it's a massive thing for an artist. In Estonia, it's really, it's a very, very big show. And actually, uh, if I'm not uh, wrong, it is the biggest show with the biggest audience uh, in, um, in the whole pro- TV uh, program so it's a quite big thing. You're no stranger to TV competitions in Estonia as well because even before Estilaul. Yeah um, before Estilaul I was actually competing in uh, Classical Stars and it was a marvelous competition um, where uh, classical young musicians were competing. It's like a America's Got Talent but in a classical music way. And I performed quite well there. I was very young, but I got second place, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And before that, I actually competed in uh, Estonia's Got... Uh, no, Estonia's Superstar. It's like Estonia's Got Talent. I went until the finals, but it was also a very interesting experience before Eesti Laul. But after Eesti Laul, of course, uh, I... Um, participated in more more in very interesting shows for example masked singer and i also got the second place <laughs> tell us about tell us about what um, what character you were in the masked singer because that's such a big thing 
Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, actually, this um, this uh, project it uh, gave me inspiration uh, to um, exper experiment more with different music genres, with different uh, vocal techniques, uh, and I thought, oh. Before, if I wanted to sing some pop songs, I went to karaoke. I didn't, I never performed them on stage. And I thought, but I, I really like different kinds of music, not only classical music or crossover. I, I love all the beautiful music. Why shouldn't I perform it on stage and in my own way and write more music in a popish way? So yeah, it was a good inspiration and I was there uh, Phoenix with great big big wings and um, a very very nice costume actually. <laughs> I feel like Phoenix is a really good costume because you can get some weird like even weird wacky costumes in The Masked Singer so Phoenix actually you did quite well to, to get yeah. that con to get that outfit because you could have had something else. Yeah it was it was you know actually I thought oh my god I would I would love to perform in that uh, costume because it was so fierce, so beautifully made. But, you know, the only thing that um, got me away for the jury is actually because this costume was quite around my body, showing my long legs. <laughs> so they, they started to uh, think, who in Estonia has a great singing voice and long legs? <laughs> we don't have many options. So I was like, oh, damn it. You're, you're, not, you're not tempted to wear the Phoenix costume if you, uh, if you successfully represent Estonia and go to Turin. You're not tempted to take it with you. <laughs> um, I, I was quite tempted and I thought oh I should write a song you know about Phoenix or something but then I remembered oh Conchita Wurst already <laughs> already had a song about Phoenix so mm, that's true yeah that's true <laughs> I have to talk to you about 2018 how how do you reflect on what was a, a brilliant eighth place finish in Lisbon, which is a fantastic result for Estonia and for yourself. So how do you look back on on what is, you know, four years now, which is which is mad to think? Yeah, it seems that it wasn't so long time ago, but at the same time, it seems that we are living in completely different world today. Uh, but to think about that time, it makes me so happy, so grateful. Uh, really, I'm blessed that I had uh, such marvelous um, experience to compete in Lisbon, to meet all the wonderful artists. And it was so, so interesting and so exciting. You know, two weeks of uh, marathon, like not any minute was, you know, like, ah, oh, I can chill and relax and be, you know, like on ease. No, it was fully... Uh, the schedule was fully booked, uh, so many interesting things to do, to uh, talk with all the journalists and to have so many um, uh, rehearsals and to perform and to meet all the people. It was really fantastic. And the vibe, oh my God, it's really something special. <laughs> no.
every artist that I've spoken to who competed in 2018 said it was a brilliant Eurovision to be part of because it was sunny the whole time and you were by the seaside as well. So that makes such a difference to just your mood, I imagine. Of course, of course. Um, for me, the sun and uh, the warmth is very important. And uh, the Lisbon, the city itself, it's something unbelievably beautiful. Really, I really enjoyed. And uh, of course, the food was there. Oh, fantastic. You know, it's very important. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you still in touch with any of the rest of the class of 2018? Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in touch with some uh, some guys and uh, sometimes we're sharing uh, what we are doing and yeah, we're in touch and uh, that's so, so uh, nice. And I hope that uh, in this AST lull, I can also, you know, make more friends to be in touch with and to follow their, their music and their career. So it's always this kind of... Um, uh, shows and competitions they're always a uh, very nice place to make wonderful friends last question about 2018 is there a 2018 whatsapp group oh you know actually there isn't but that's a good idea maybe maybe uh, i should i should i should uh, you know that's a very good idea thank you <laughs> so four years on i suppose and we are back sd Lau 2022 you of course, I've already made it through to the semi-finals. We hope that you make it through to the final. Tell us about what it was that made you want to return and want to represent Estonia again. Uh, you know, first thing, I watched uh, this Eurovision movie. Yeah, have you seen that? You know, Of course. This... I want to ask you about the Eurovision movie because, of course, you were in the song along. Yeah. So I watched it and I thought, oh, my God. This is so much fun and uh, so many wonderful memories came back to me and I thought, oh, I, I would be so happy actually to repeat all these uh, things and uh, yeah, maybe that was one inspiration. And of course, um, in, in Estonia, uh, if you write new music, new songs, uh, the best platform actually to uh, to introduce uh, these new projects uh, to uh, the audience in Estonia and even abroad, it's Eesti Laul. So uh, I think that many Estonian artists, uh, just uh, if they have new music, they send their new music uh, just to just just to show to the people. And of course, uh, uh, this is a great opportunity to perform on a big stage and uh, to stage a wonderful show with all this uh, wonderful technique that is there available so and tv it's always nice <laughs> i promise we'll we'll talk about estilao this year but you reminded me about the eurovision film what was it like being part of the song along because there were so many amazing acts in that yeah it was so cool um it, we actually we shot this uh, little fragment of the movie i think for five days or four days you know but it was a fantastic experience uh, to participate in such a big project. Uh, the way it was organized, it was just, you know, perfect. And uh, to meet all the legends. Am I really meeting all these wonderful singers and performers? And we actually hanged around there and uh, walked around London. So it was amazing. Yeah.
did you have to, any time to hang out with any of them, like Lorene and, and the other acts that were involved? Yeah, of course, uh, we, we had uh, some time to uh, hang around on the set and uh, um, also in the hotel and we went to see the city and yeah, it was, it was really cool. Tell me about your song Remedy because I listened to it this morning and it was so good I had to listen to it again. So, you know, how did the song come about in the first place? Oh, thank you. I'm really glad that you like it and that you listened to it. Um, actually, uh, there is a very famous song uh, writer, Sven Lechmus in Estonia. His, many, many of his songs have competed on Eurovision. And um, actually, I wrote a song that, uh, with, that I asked him to do the production to. And uh, then he thought, oh, you know, but I have another song. Uh, let's try to do that together. And maybe we'll send it to AC Lau. I was like, okay, okay, let's try. So we wrote together it and, um, and the lyrics and everything. And uh, we just sent it to AC Lau and it got through. But actually, I've got another song also that I sent that I wrote completely myself. But I think it was maybe too intellectually, you know, like too, um, too smart, so it didn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I'm going to release it anyway soon, and oh, I'm so excited. I'm even more excited about that song. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, so, so much new music from you. Yeah, and actually, you know, there is uh, also a CD that I'm now I'm signing all these packs of CDs here. <laughs> Um, but it's classical music, but I hope that it will be digitally online too soon, but now it's only on CD. <laughs> how many, how many CDs do you have to sign every day? Do you have a sore hand by the time you finished? Uh, this morning I just have to sign 100. Okay. That's okay. That's not too bad. But yeah, it's much more, but just this, this morning, just 100. So it's <laughs> Tell me about the music video because... It looked like you filmed it somewhere very warm. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, the shooting was, where I was uh, in uh, the desert, it was Vadirum in uh, Jordan. And it's a very, very beautiful uh, place, very beautiful nature. And actually, all the Martian uh, big movies were shot in this desert because there is... Uh, red uh, sand which makes it quite cosmic <laughs> What can we expect from the live performance? Because we've never seen you perform it live, which we're looking forward to. So how will it look on stage? Can you even tell us that? Oh, I think it's going to be very exciting because actually yesterday I was trying out some technical um, things. I think I'm, I'm going to fly a bit. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, I hope. And now I'm working on my dress and designing it. And because we had some new ideas about the technical um, uh, 
interesting additions to the show. So I have to modificate a bit my dress so it will work with all the things that we are planning to do there. So you're going to fly? Yep. Wow, that is <laughs> very exciting. Elena, just to finish, what would you say to anybody who can vote for you in the semi-final? Hopes that you get through to the final, hopes that you get through to Turin. What would you, what would you say to anyone who can listen to Remedy and, and can vote? Um, I would really be grateful and I really, I am thankful to all those people who are voting for, for me, who are cheering for me. And, you know, music is our remedy. So I hope that every day will be filled with wonderful music in your lives. <laughs> Elena, it has been brilliant to have you on the Eurotrip. So thank you for joining us and good luck. Thank you so much and good luck to you too and hope to see you. <laughs> this is the Euro trip. So the big question on everybody's lips right now, Rob, what on earth is Alina Necheyeva wishing you good luck for? It's a good question. I've got a dentist <laughs> appointment in a, in a couple of weeks. Could be that. I don't know how she'd know about that, but maybe maybe it's that. I enjoyed that very much because normally the artists just go, "Thanks very much. Bye bye. Thanks for having me on." Oh, Alina wishing me good luck. So uh, yeah, Alina, thank you, and, and and right back at you. I'll say it again. Good luck in uh, in Estilau and hopefully you'll uh, you'll get through to the final yeah very excited for that to return of course the first semi-final is um in eight days time a week tomorrow and then they do the second semi-final um a week on saturday so in quick succession and as rob said to you about 20 minutes ago we'll be joined by another estonian eurovision artist on next week's episode to try and figure out who that may well be we'll drop you a couple of hints a little bit earlier on uh, of course that'll be next week's episode we've still got to wrap up today's and there's only one way to do that and that's with the one second song before we get into it properly should we apologize on bella's behalf for her pitiful attempts at the one second song last week new listeners if you weren't here with us last week uh, bella kvist swedish eurovision expert svt commentator joined us on the podcast she helped me interview blind channel and then she stuck around to play the one second song now, I got four points, the full selection of points available, which we'll run through in a sec. She didn't even offer a, offer a guess. Yeah, that is... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly say this to Bella's face. That was very embarrassing, wasn't it? You know, you don't come on the Euro trip and don't... Uh, you don't participate in the one-second song. So, Bella, I know you're listening. When you come on again, uh, everyone will be expecting better of you. <laughs> I know she does listen as well, because she sent me a, a, a picture on Wednesday morning last week, which was the push notification on her phone that the podcast was out. So, <laughs> I know you'll hear this, Bella. And yeah, we expect better next time. I'm sure we'll have her on for Malfest Monday. Again, another reminder, Malfest Monday, the very first episode with you on the 31st of January. Very, very exciting. Now, the one second song. Four points on offer. This is where me and James guess the Eurovision song from the very first second. Those four points are for the name of the song, the artist, the country, and the year in which it was performed. The current scores. I'm in the lead. It is me 12, you 10. Listeners, whatever you like. Hopefully you're keeping your own score. But, James, are you ready? Because it's you guessing this week. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, for James and for the listeners, you guys at home, here is this week's, for the first time, One Second Song. Ah, man, that's familiar. Well, it has a familiar tone to it anyway. Uh, there's a song in my head already, but I'm almost certain it's wrong. So that's not very helpful at all, actually, is it? Uh, 
I think this is really, really tricky, to be fair to you. I think I've picked a stinker this week. I think this is really, really difficult. So do you want it again? Yeah, let's have it one more time. Yeah, that is a bit ridiculous. So I've got a song in mind. I know if I'm well, it's wrong, but I'm going to say it in the hope that people listening, and you as well, Rob, can at least give me some sort of sympathy vote. Okay? Yeah, I don't think the sympathy vote will get you points, but go on. I'll take it anyway. I think that is, but I don't, but you know what I mean. I think it is Bulgaria 2021, Victoria uh oh blimey what was the song called growing up is getting old is what i think it is even though i don't think that's what it is it just happens to sound like it do you know what i mean i do know what you mean not sure we've had a 2021 song on the one second song before have we i don't think and we we and that doesn't change today (laughs) yeah we still haven't obviously uh no james naturally and i'll tell you why in just a second uh this week's one second song maybe you've got it at home i don't know it is portugal 2010 it is felipe azevedo with Ha Dias Asim. Já não há palavras Foi do tanto a escalar-me So unfortunately for you, no points. I keep my 12-10 lead. We'll have the chance to extend that again next week, but I'm sure... As a result, you are going to pick a hideously difficult one-second song for me next week. Yes, indeed. That was Luxembourg, 1975. <laughs> Wasn't that a winner? I don't know. I said it. I thought, hold on. There's a high probability Luxembourg won in 1975. Uh, if you know, I was going to say, if you know, let us know at Eurotrip Podcast. I mean, me and James could also just Google it, so we'll probably just do that instead. Um, do you want to know the tenuous link between that song and this week's podcast? Because here's a, a little bit of nonsense that we do. A little bit of nonsense we do, by the way, that I found out your brother hates last week. He told me a few weeks ago he hates this part of the podcast. He probably turns off at this point, yeah. He's not a fan, which is precisely the reason we're going to continue doing it. <laughs> and also, I can't believe he's not a fan because your tenuous link to last week's One Second Song was tremendous. We're not going to say what it is now, but listen back to last week's episode if you haven't. For quite how James managed to tie the one second <laughs> song to last week's podcast. Uh, yeah, this week, any idea? Not a chance. No idea. Hit me. Okay, right. So, of course, today's big guest, she's back in Esti Lal. It is Elena Nechayeva. Elena Nechayeva, as we know, represented Estonia at Eurovision in 2018. James, you know this, you've already mentioned you were there. Now, in her postcard, in 2018, you know it's going to be good already, <laughs> Elena Necheyeva was, of course, in Sintra. Now, Sintra, James, I'm sure you know this already, it's a town in the greater Lisbon region of Portugal. Uh, it has a population of uh, 377,835. <laughs> and that's how many votes she got in <laughs> the final in 2010. <laughs> That would have been good, wouldn't it? No, uh, no, Sintra, uh, of course, has a castle. I know you know that already. Uh, the castle in 1109 <laughs> was conquered by Sigurd the Crusader, 
who was the son of Magnus III of Norway. Now, the last time the Eurovision Song Contest was held in Norway was, of course, in 2010. And the Portuguese entry <laughs> at Eurovision in 2010 was Felipe Azevedo with Ha Dias Asi. That is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Honestly, why do we bother doing this? That is just stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Bet you didn't expect the son of Magnus III of Norway to get a mention on this week's Eurotrip podcast. No, it's been a while since I've learned a lot about Magnus the whatever he was, yeah. <laughs> the third of Norway, I've just oh, said it. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I can I can see why your brother doesn't like this bit of the podcast now. Anyway, oh, it is time. Oh, he was also known as Mark- Magnus Barefoot, I find out, old Magnus III of Norway. Okay, you can delve more into that. We've got a few more days until we're back with a brand new episode. I was going to say we're back with you in seven days' time, but don't forget, we're actually back with you in five days' time for the return of Melfest Monday, our special mini-series. He invaded Dublin, you know, at one stage. (laughs) We're going to be back on Monday. Our special mini-series of Melfest Monday kicks off on Monday. The regular episodes continue next Wednesday. So in the meantime, don't forget, you can keep up to date with us online we're on twitter and instagram at eurotrip he had his face on the first norwegian coin on the email hello at eurotrippodcast.com and our website eurotrippodcast.com and also do not forget to subscribe leave us a review which you can now do on spotify and rate us five stars no that's the bit you can do on spotify for uh, there's something else i want to say probably goodbye from me james it's goodbye (laughs) Uh, from from me, Rob, it's goodbye, and 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 why not? From from Magnus the Third of Norway, it's it's also goodbye. Well, it's like um, Elton John's real name is absolutely sensational. Isn't it? He's uh, Reginald Dwight. It's like Sting. He's called Gordon, isn't he? <laughs> is he? Yeah, he is. He's called Gordon Sumner. It's not very rock and roll, is it? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.